Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I will be speaking to Marcia Barrett from Boney M. Boney M was an Afro-German Caribbean vocal group that specialized in disco and funk created by German record producer Frank Farian who was the group's primary songwriter. Originally based in West Germany, the four original members of the group's official lineup were Liz Mitchell, Marcia Barrett from Jamaica, Maisie Williams from Montserrat, and Bobby Farrell from Aruba. The group was formed in 1976 and achieved popularity during the disco era of the late 70s. Since the 1980s, various lineups of the band have performed with differing personnel. The band has sold more than 100 million records worldwide and is known for international hits including Daddy Cool, Ma Baker, Belfast, Sunny, Rashputin, Mary's Boy Child, Oh My Lord, and Rivers of Babylon. Let's meet Marcia Barrett from Boney M. Perfect. So this is Barrett Edelstein, otherwise known as a celeb savant. And today we are speaking to the brilliant Marcia Barrett from Boney M. Marcia, how are you? Where do we find you in the world? What's happening in your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, you found me, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I found you. <laughs> well, at the moment, you know, yeah, I'm very, very active, actually. I just got back from a cruise doing three shows on board of this ship called Aida. And that was a task, you know, three weeks, nearly. Uh, living out of the suitcases. I mean, I'm used to that second, the latter. But um, it was tough. It was tough not having gravity yeah. under your feet. Yeah. <laughs> and then doing three different shows and waiting over at sea and all that. But, you know, it's a part of the business. Yeah. And um, it went down well. It went down well. Mm. Amazing, amazing. So I want to tell you a little story that... When yes. you guys came to South Africa in the early 80s, I was yes. a little guy. I must have been about five or six or seven. And I remember all the mm -hmm. kids went on stage to sing on the rivers of Babylon. And you, madam, kissed my cheek as I went on stage. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? So I hope you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, That's wonderful. It's such a full circle moment for me. So it, it's, it's such a joy. And now to you're speak. interviewing me. Yes, it's such a joy to speak to you today. <laughs> oh, well, it's a joy to speak to you because children do grow up, don't they? Yes. yes. <laughs> so let's take it to the very beginning. Tell us about okay. the Boney M story from where you guys met, how it all came to be. Oh, I don't know if I can do a short version, but I'll try. That's yeah, and that's why I wrote my book, you know, uh, just to tell how I managed to be on the bill and, and so forth. Well, I started my solo career in Germany, actually. I had a, a contract from England from the Stigwood organization back then mm -hmm. uh, to dance. I was a dancer. In a discotheque. I'm not talking about, and that was in Hamburg Harburg. So people tend to get it mixed up with the one star club in Hamburg. But that was the Beatles who got there. But Marcia was in a little 
little district on the outskirts of Hamburg called Harburg. Okay. Hamburg, Harburg. I was 19. And I was excited because uh, the everyday office work wasn't for me. You know, even though my shorthand was 80 words a minute and so forth. I just thought that this, this, I could get bored, you know. And so I ventured into going to Germany on a ship mm, that took three weeks. I think it was called Prince Hamlet and docked up in Hamburg. And then uh, the people from the discotheque picked me up and uh, I had a four month uh, engagement there, which was fantastic. It went down well, the boss liked it. You know, when I danced, um, I've got clippings of that. It's uh, just uh, um, bell-bottom trousers and a shirt tied up to my waist. And it's just I, w- I just went mad with Wilson Piggott and all those songs that were blasting then. And people liked it. And before I knew it, I was engaged again the next year for another four months. Mind you, he had other groups, you know. And eventually... There are two, three other groups that he had as attraction was no no longer there. It was only Marcia. So I got the job and I was the only act. And then one night I had the cheek to get on stage where the disc jockey was playing, you know, and I grabbed and he was playing Oh Happy Day. So I grabbed the mic from him and then started to sing along with the song. And the people were shocked. By then, the manager heard about me and then came her and Sarnil. And it built up, it sounded like a fairy tale, but it is actually my true story. Yeah. And from that, I met this uh, producer, Joe Menke in Mashin. He wanted to do something with me. He had written with a uh, big star in Germany called Travel Deutscher, Belfast for me before Boniam even existed, and um, tried to get a deal. But so I took it on my reel-to-reel um, tape and was touring Germany as Marcia from Jamaica, the hot chocolate uh, or the firework or the firework from Jamaica. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it, was a, it was an experience and a half, you know. So that went down for about five years. And I even got on TV, you know, and was making a name for myself. And so in 72, 73, around about that time, until I heard about this producer who was looking for candidates, you know, yeah. to join this group. I said, Bony Hill, because he had already got a hit with this Do You Want a Bump in Holland, and he had nobody to represent it. So I thought, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody um, here. I'm a, I'm a loner. And, um, but I can recall having met a couple of two girls, Dorney Edwards, who was also living in Mashin, who took me to Joe Menke, and I recall meeting Millie, and Millie was also from Jamaica, and she was a good singer. That was that. They eventually, I recall meeting this other girl in a discotheque, just having a couple of drinks. She walked over to me and asked me if I was Marcia Barrett. That was Liz, Liz Mitchell. So I said, yeah. So she said, join me and my sister on this table. And then I went over and... Um, and uh, that was that. And then she invited me home to her, uh, to her house uh, like two weeks later and explained how the scene was hard and tough in Germany and she might just go back to England and do some um, studio singing or whatever. So that was the last time I saw Liz. That was the last time I saw Liz. 
Okay. Uh, up until when she came back from London, after me suggesting to this uh, person who was scouting for Frank Farren for girls. And then, you know, so it's a long story and it's a little bit more intricate, but on a phone or interview, you can get a little uh, synopsis of how it went. Yeah. And when I entered and um, was uh, auditioned from Farin in Saarbrücken by his arranger, Stefan Klinkhammer. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. And I sang down, you know, like two songs, Get Ready, Otis Reading, and I can't remember a couple of stuff. And uh, Dusty Springfield, uh, Preacher Man, and, and so forth. <laughs> so here I was. And then at the end of it, he said, uh, that will do. And that was it. That was how I came into Boney. <laughs> Until it was called in after. And then when I was in studio, then Liz arrived from London. And... Um, we threw down Daddy Cool, and that was the beginning of uh, history. <laughs> yeah. How did Isn't they it? choose the name Boney M? Where does that name come from? Well, as I said before, it was a, a, a mere Prankfarian's fantasy. Yeah. Because the play wanted to sing, and then he decided the male voice, and, blah, and then he just called it Boney M. Okay. And that was the first question anybody asked of Boney M. Okay, then. Well, call us the bodies, you know, or whatever. And then <laughs> afterwards, we said, hmm, it could be anything music, whatever, and so forth. But it's, it's actually unique, isn't it? I mean, not too much uh, palaver, just bony M yeah, yeah. <laughs> for people. You know what I find interesting is the lyrics that you guys wrote Rasputin, Ma Baker, Daddy Cool, Elute. Well. Such from real stories, from dear. Re- okay, yeah. So, yes, yeah. Check it out. So, do, I mean, Mar Baker, the story exists. Yeah. Actually, it was Mar Barker, you know, but the story does exist. And so we got into that. It's storytelling. Boney M did a lot of storytelling. Yeah. And people probably didn't realize because it was done in such a, a funny, unique, catchy way. Yes. That had people singing, not realizing it's really a story. Look at that Rasputin. Yeah. The same thing. Look what's happening today. You know, then, <laughs> then the dad, Bobby, Bobby died in, 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 in St. Petersburg as well. And uh, it's, it's strange on the day Rasputin died. I mean, it's, it's freaky, Yeah. but it's fact. There are facts, you know? And, and, and then of course, uh, except from covering the tracks like Sunny and so forth, look at Belfast. Yeah. At the time, this 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 producer Joe Menke, he he believed in me then as a singer and as a soloist. So he said, "Well, maybe we should do something, and we call it London Dairy, and because of the conflict that was going on." And then the other one said, "But it isn't ringing very well. Why don't we just call it Belfast?" Yeah. You know. And 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 it was even when it got in the charts worldwide, except Britain. Because it was banned on the radio. Okay. It still got to number seven. It still got to number seven. So that was, you know, it's all uh, little miracles happening here and there. Then when we went with our live uh, show to, to, to Dublin, oh my God, they almost tore down the roof, their clips, where one could see that. Yeah. And we were really well accepted. And now Belfast is in the picture, Northern Ireland, whatever, and so forth. So all this stuff, you know, I mean, look at We Kill the World later on, you yeah. know, 
the same thing we were seeing about in 81 is still happening. You know, world pollution and so So we were a little bit, a, a bit ahead of time, I would say. Yeah. And now it makes the music timeless, which is fantastic. Absolutely. You've got two sort of career paths, so to speak. We've got sort of the pop disco side mm-hmm. and then you've got the, uh, the Christmas side. Uh, Masoni in South Africa, every, yeah. year, every year on Christmas, wherever you go in any of the shopping centers, we hear Boney M playing, and I love it. You know? Well, isn't that, that's so wonderful because it's the same story in England or whatever you go in a store and you hear, or in England now, everybody's saying, oh, every year when you open, you know, you go down to Alders or Ukraine, you hear Mary's Boy Child, yeah. which is fantastic. And it's only a cover version. We, we, we only cover this the yeah. track. How many artists before us and before decades before us have sung this song? But this is the biggest, you know, that we achieved Guinness Book of Records. And yeah. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying everything. So what does it feel like to have known to have left such legacies in two sort of genres that appeal to so many generations of people? Well, it's, it's an honor. And um, I must say God heard my prayers because... This was a business I wanted to, to, to be active into. You know, I think I was born an entertainer. I was born a singer. What I knew from the age of seven, you know, yeah. uh, when I was picked out from the school choir in Jamaica to, to conduct in World Theatre in Kingston, which still exists, by the way, and I had standing ovation, just conducting the choir of 30 with a little miniature um, uh, musical instruments on stage. And I said, oh, this sounds nice. This looks nice. Yeah. The feeling is fantastic. I think I belong here on stage. I was saying to myself as a little girl. <laughs> and then never, you know, then I auditioned in, 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 in Greece with JJ Band. And the journey has been a long, uh, blessed one. Because I must say, there has not been a, uh, what do I say, something that I would have re- regretted, you know that it didn't happen in a time because there's so many talented people out there and still can't get a chance. This is show business, isn't it? Absolutely. So you've got to be tough and you've got to be ready for all the turndowns and all the this and the ripping off and everything. You've got to be made of steel. (laughs) To keep going and keep going. You You have to keep going. Yes, it, it is all easy, but if you have a plan, I had a plan, and I said, this is it, and no matter what, I love it, I love it. I love the studio, I love the excitement, I love standing on stage and performing, and up until this day, that, that, it, it's, it's fantastic, and so it happens. So what are you going to do? You're not just going to sit at home and it all comes to you on your lap. You have to work you? for it. You have to work for it. And I tell you, but guess what now? When illness come in between, then that is surely something else. Because, you know, I'm a cancer survivor five times. So you are made of steel. You see, well, well you know, <laughs> you, sometimes I do feel like it. Yeah. And I was paralyzed from the waist down, wow. couldn't walk. The doctors told me that they didn't think I would be able to walk again when they took the, 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 the tumor from off my spinal cord. Yeah. And I then said to the uh, doctor, uh, Dr. Schneiderman, I looked him in the eyes and I said, I will walk again. 
Here we go. And I didn't use a wheelchair. I didn't use a wheelchair. Marcus picked me up with a Range Rover one day with a wheelchair in it. I said, would you take that chair back, please? He said, but how are you going to walk? I said, just take me home, please, baby. And then I taught myself by holding on to the walls in the house. We were living in Florida then. And so until one day, I just opened the door quietly. He was fishing in the backyard. Yeah. And the dog, Sasha, was was fishing. Both of them were fishing. Yeah. And so their backs returned. And I just walked down and, well, how many, maybe uh, some meters or what. And then I said, <laughs> and then they turned around. And when he saw me in the middle of the yard without holding on, and he said, oh, 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 please stop, don't walk, don't walk. I said, stay right there, right on that table. I will come to you. And so I did, and then sat beside him. And they all looked at me, I thought, oh, it was crazy. And from that day, you know, practicing on the beach, uh, walking in the sand, you know, hard routine. And that prepared me, I guess, I didn't know I was going to have cancer so many times, plus all the little side things, you know. Yeah. And, um, but here I am today. And how are you feeling? Here I am today. How are you feeling today? How's your I'm health feeling, today? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. I'm having my checkups. And my oncologist told me like five years ago, well, I guess I don't have to see you again, Marcia. I said, you don't have to see me again. Oh, that's so nice, is it, Professor Kyle House? <laughs> he said, well, that was what he meant. And if he see me five years after the last esophagus operation here in Berlin, came for a new start and then bam. 2009, I was back in hospital. <laughs> it's such a story of resilience and strength and completely, there's so much admiration here for you, for all your... Uh, you see, yeah. yes, Barrett, you have, to, you have to believe in it. You have to yeah. believe in God and you have to believe in miracles because yeah. they do happen. You have to also believe that your body knows how to heal and will heal. Yes. And guess what? The, the, that is, oh, Marcus and I, we used to, seven days a week, waking up at seven o'clock, we would jog. We would, on weekends, we would ride the bicycle. I would be lifting weights at the gym. Uh, he can tell you better how many, uh, five, 45 pounders on my leg. I had trainers, and it was like a workout. I didn't know. I, I just felt good working out. Yeah. And they wanted me to compete in, in, in a bodybuilding contest. I said, compete in a... I said, I am not a bodybuilder. I'm a singer. I'm an artist. Please. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but I was offered to compete. Yes. Wow. And I think I have a photo. I'm going to make it public that people see when I was well trained. Yeah. So all of that training and all of that sport and all of that. And from school days, I used to run in modern uh, track field and all that. and so. so it's all in the blood. That has paid off. It has paid off, yes. Absolutely brilliant. Now, tell me yes. your experience of South Africa. I know you've been here a couple of times. Tell me about your journey here. I know I've got my cheek kiss for <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as a token, but tell me about your, yes. <laughs> tell me about your experience. Well, it's a wonderful country. Okay. No, it's just that the first time, you know, with the apartheid and stuff, yeah. I didn't want to be a part of... Um, 
this, you know, uh, suffering uh, that people went on, you know, had to bear all these decades, being born with a different color of skin and all that. And I just love people just, you know, you have good and bad in every race and so forth. So I was skeptical in coming down to South Africa at first. Okay. And I was um, I was taken down just by, by my own, myself because I was the one that was holding back things. So I was taken down by the agent back then, uh, Brian Miller. He's also South African. And they said, all right, we'll show you. In the middle of recording, I forgot what, what Frank Farian said to me. Uh, you're the one that, you know, all the other three you want to. I said, okay, fair enough. If they said, if, you, if we take you down and you have a look, would it, it be all right? I said, you know what? Let let me do that. And okay. so I was flown from Heathrow Airport, everything first class, uh, same route um, uh, from Johannesburg, helicopter down, checked it out. Sun City was oh fantastic, you know. I hope it is the same way there. With you know, with, I saw black people in the foyer doing their job. They look so great. I saw white. I, it doesn't really matter to me because uh, you know I'm Jamaican. I I am not used to this sort of uh, racial segregation or, yeah. or this and that. I and I thank the Lord that we don't we we have all different tones in Jamaica. You have the, we have the, oh the, all of the, the the tones and cultures in Jamaica you never believe it one little island so why is a country or countries find it that important to hold it against one if you are not born with the same pigmentation? I know. Easy. Yeah. And then we all have the same blood group. We all care if you're dying. Would you ask if the, the, the blood is coming from? somebody of your uh, race, I wouldn't because I've had many sessions of blood transfusion to save my life. And little toddlers there where I had some of my treatment in Britain, you see the kids with their little bullets running around. I thought, oh my God, I didn't realize that kids do have cancer back then, you know? And I said, oh my God. So what's all this? You know, anyway, Back to Sun City, it was lovely. The treatment is also fantastic. And then later on, Bonian came down, and even my colleagues were surprised. But I was slightly still disappointed when we had the show that um, I could only count about two black faces in the audience. And uh, well, it's the end of the topic for me there, you know. Yeah. And um, I just sincerely hope that everything is running nice. And smoothly, uh, after Nelson Mandela, and uh, it is people are aware of what's going on, and I just hope and pray for that day when everybody could be one brother and sister, one family from one country. So when you guys were releasing music originally, there was vinyl, then cassettes, then CDs. Now we yes. <laughs> now we've got all these digital platforms. That's a new thing, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me, <laughs> but you've got to move with the time. Yeah. What are your thoughts about them? <laughs> if it works, it works. But I don't really like that. Prefer, where do you get the all this di- digital and what do you, what they call it, clicks and so forth? Yeah, you've got to really have some real million trillion clicks to earn something, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. You know, back in the good old days, you have your recording con- contract if you were smart enough. 
and uh, then you know you wait for your residuals and uh, and people check up how many records were sold and so forth. But nowadays, and I even have to join it with my solo project. So I'm just hoping for the best that um, eventually people are aware I'm still out there, you know, singing my own material that Marcus and I composed whilst healing, you know, which was very, very good. And so it's coming from the heart, each piece. And each one I have on the market is really coming from personal experiences and, of course, some imaginative uh, work as well. But um, he's my teammate, and uh, we're doing fine, and we have done. So we have material for about over 30 years. Wow. You see? Because we, are, we, are, we got married in Jamaica in 84, and still going. <laughs> now he's on my stage <laughs> with his experience, because yeah. he's an experienced musician, you know, who had to play the, the bass for Eddie Grant. Okay. So he's... Uh, is well seasoned as well. That's why we could also work well together as writers. What's amazing is yeah. we're getting the news out there about your new music or the music that you're releasing. It's good to yeah. have these interviews so people know that people must listen yeah, to Yeah, that's me. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Hello, that's me. <laughs> One of your moniums. <laughs> we have survivors, then we have come into my life, then we have uh, seasons. Yeah. You know, I did, Marcus and I did, uh, selected 40 tracks and tried to take it around and so on, but nobody was interested. I was turned on even when Boniem was at the height of things. I hope this will not be the case now, you know. <laughs> I need a solar break. <laughs> well, let's put it out there that that will happen. Positive energy. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Lovely songs and lovely uh, stories and so forth, and a lot of love, you know. So um, we're just hoping for the best yeah. and make the most out of everything positive that's happening around us. Yeah. We need the that. The world is a crazy world. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, well, and we have to take our little piece of, of, of uh, solitude and a little piece of fun or a little piece of peace and with your loved ones, with your friends and everything and just have that little moment where you can think where am I going? Have I achieved? Make your goal and don't be afraid and believe. Okay? I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I would okay. like you to share with me your top five favorite songs by other artists. Ooh. Well, you're not talking about music now, is it? Music anytime. Any, it can be from the 50s or 60s. Oh, any song. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, I can just tell you. Oh, I just, oh God. <laughs> I just tell you, I like Journey. Yes. I like I like uh, Miles Davis. Yes. I like Bob Marley. Yes. I like um, oh dear Stevie Nicks. Uh, yes. What is her group there again? Yes. Fleetwood uh, Mac. Stevie Wonder. Is that, yeah. That's unfair, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Uh, what are you asking me? I, oh my goodness, I could go down the pages. No, no, you're but giving me I'm, five. I'm, I'm, 
You've given me five. That's perfect. Really? Oh, great. You've, yeah, all you've, right, then. All right. You've done the task. You've done the task. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, I nearly fainted. <laughs> because this is so many artists that I love and adore. I oh, my goodness. Feliciano, I could go on and on. You're naughty. I'm very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> that's why your name is marriage, yes. right? <laughs> But you've got one, you've got one T, and I've got two T's. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, as a final message, so we have got listening audiences throughout the world, obviously mainly in South Africa. What is oh, a, that's wonderful! Yes. What is a final message that you would like to share with our listening audience? Keep love alive. Be tolerant. Be tolerant, you know. Yep. Some people just can't be bothered. Uh, be um, curious of one's culture, if it's even different from yours. I do not saying you should learn everything, but know why they say good morning or how they say good evening or, uh, or bye-bye and uh, have a nice day and, and stuff like that. Make so much. And then with a smile on your face. You know, I have a song called Smile. It is incredible what a smile can do. Yeah. It, it is incredible. So I would say, you know, just think these little things in mind and go through your every day and you'll see what a better world it will be. Amazing. Such beautiful words to finish off from Ms. Marcia Barrett from Boney M. Oh, thank you. This is Barrett Edelstein from Celeb Savant signing out. Thank <laughs> you.